everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are so pleased. Peggy Ornstein is joining us. And Peggy, we talked to you whatever year your book, Girls and Sex, came out. How long ago was that? Four years. Four mm-hmm. years ago. Exactly. And that book was mm-hmm. amazing and fabulous. And we know that you were just in the Twin Cities last week. So uh, thanks for being in the Twin Cities again yes. via our radio show. But you're Newest book, Boys and Sex, Young Men on Hookups, Love, Porn, Consent, and Navigating the New Masculinity is just wow. So I it, it really, it kind of made me feel bad for boys. I guess I never realized how, dis, how they're rarely allowed to they talk about their inner life the way girls are used to and well, do. Well, yeah. Was that surprising that was to you? So amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, that was the most amazing thing about writing this book was, you know, I talked to boys all across the country um, of different backgrounds, and I wanted to have real conversations with real guys about real issues involving sex and relationships Mm -hmm. and masculinity in this new era, and the big thing was how, you know, I thought I would have, like, whole transcripts consisting of, uh uh-huh, but they really wanted to talk because nobody ever asks them, nobody ever gives them permission or space to really talk about these issues and hash out what's going on with them and how they're feeling in this new era yeah and and when you talk about it you said you know i never thought i would do anything on the boys you know that you nope. thought because <laughs> you've written about, about you've written other books and, about yes. women and yeah yeah that's our, yeah our, so, tribe if you i've know. been writing about girls for 25 years right. yeah but but it was it, in some ways it was also a really natural shift because i've been also writing about teenagers and sexuality and gender and you know all these issues for a long time so i knew the terrain i'd been kind of you know i've gone to my share of fresh of freshman pregame parties right. as a middle-aged woman you know yeah. as one does yes um, as one does <laughs> yeah well what, we're kind so, of what, so yeah you know so here i raised two boys and they're in their 20s now, and I'm, I'm reading through this book, and I do feel like Lori said, I'm sorry for boys, because it is harder for them. It's easier about some things, but it, their inner life, like when you write, when I ask boys to describe the ideal man, these same boys who came of age in the 2000s appeared to be channeling the 1950s as far as their definition of masculinity and you know, sec- where they come from, from from a male viewpoint. That was really shocking to me. Yeah. I don't know why. Because on one hand, I mean, just like girls, they live with all these contradictions, right? And so on one hand, they see girls as equal in the classroom and deserving of their place in leadership and all of this. But at the same time, they're still kind of clinging to those old ideas that, you know, the, the ideal guy is athletic and he's dominant and he's, emotionally suppressed and you know sexual conquest is is a big one hooking up with as many girls as possible regardless of how you or your partner feel about it Mm -hmm. that that being the measure of the man and that's reinforced everywhere they go you know in mainstream media and in pornography and in the locker room and you know everywhere right oh my gosh so the conquest yeah i mean you're basically you you right one of the boys said to you listen you're a bitch if you talk about your feelings and no guy wants to do that i mean yeah yes it's very hard they talk we talk about putting up um a wall mm-hmm. right between they like you know, i would say you know i'm allowed happiness and anger and everything else goes behind that wall and what happens with boys you know is that we we sort of very early on disconnect them from emotional vulnerability and 
the issue becomes when I mean that's a fundamental human quality, right? But it's also Brene Brown says it's the secret sauce to holding relationships together, mm-hmm. and so when boys are cut off from that, they're cut off from the very thing they need to have the kind of you know mutually satisfying, personally gratifying relationships that we want them to be able to have. And and when you're speaking of that, it's kind of like oh boys don't cry or you know or don't show your feelings yeah. or you know that kind of stuff. When you, it, that's just so profound to hear you say that because it's so sad thinking about this. Yeah. The generations of young. Well, and you can see, I'm sure in your adult life, how that plays out too, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you can see how that goes. And boys would talk. I mean, it took me as a woman a long time to hear guys talk, you know, who were telling me how, like, you don't cry, you know, you don't cry and how, how that, how the taboo against that, because like, you know, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I can cry. Um, right. But they would say things like, one boy said to me, yeah, you know, when my parents got divorced, I really wanted to cry, but I couldn't. So I streamed three Holocaust movies back to back. You know, that worked. Yeah. I mean, what do you say, Peggy? Because in your book, Boys and Sex, I mean, like you were just here last week. What is the the number one question that you get? And what is your best piece of advice? I think if you have if you're any boys, boys, you need to get you need to buy this book immediately. But. What's the what's the number well, one question? I think I mean I th- what in terms of the number one piece of advice for me, it's mm-hmm. we have to start talking to our sons. Mm-hmm. We have to start talking to our boys, not just about I mean yes about you know about about how boys are socialized, about um, issues of consent, about sex, but not just about sex, about pleasure, about responsibility. You know, there's so many of these sort of small conversations, and at the end of boys and sex. I really lay out a template of mm-hmm. the kinds of conver- you know a little conversations we have to have with our boys over you know the whole time of raising them. Right, right. And, I, and do you know you know because and you and you have to talk about porn in this. Yep. So yep. that's you the part that makes people porn. uncomfortable, Peggy. I know you'd rather poke yourself in the eye with a fork, right? Right. Yes, I know. But here's the deal. I mean, kids are growing up right now, and it's a very different media landscape. You know, of course, curiosity about sex is normal. Of course, you know, wanting to explore your body is normal. But because of the Internet and smartphones and the dropping of the paywall, what they see over and over and over, really from at least puberty onward, if not before, is this, you know, vision of sex as something men can do to women, female pleasure as a performance for men. You know, like it's, it's very distorted. And it's the default sex educator because we're not talking to our kids about sex. We're not talking to our kids about porn. Schools aren't doing it. So we have got to get in there. We've got to get in there. Um, we don't have the luxury anymore of silence. And talk to our kids and talk to our boys in particular about the images they're consuming in porn and also in mainstream media. Right. What, what did it, boys say about, yeah, talk I've to been, you about porn? What did, what were, what were some of the thoughts? Well, I can't say, FCC. You right. know, yeah, of course, rules, of course. So. <laughs> well, but, well, you know, it was actually, it was interesting because it was one of the main things they wanted to talk about. Uh, because because it's not something that they talk about with one another. It's not something that they talk about with their parents. And they were curious about, you know, the impact of what is really a huge experiment that we're doing on young people. Um, they want to talk about ways that they felt it was affecting um, their ideas of what sex was or their practices um, when they were in the bedroom, the ways that it was kind of distorting their ideas about their partner. I mean, there's, there's research that shows that... Um, uh, guys who, college guys who consume porn regularly 
are less satisfied with their partnered relationships, mm-hmm. less satisfied with their performance, less satisfied with their partner's bodies. So struggling with things like that. And then, you know, there were guys who said, I know the difference between reality and fantasy. It mm-hmm. doesn't affect me. But that's not how media works. Right. right. You know, the way that media works is that it affects your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, even when you think it doesn't. So, of course, it affects them. Yeah. This is just, did it make you, okay, so if you're just joining us, we're talking about Peggy Ornstein. The new book is Boys and Sex. She wrote about girls and sex and many other um, books on, on women and, and girls before. And do you think with the Me Too and um, everything that's going on, were, were they scared? Well, that's interesting. I mean, they, I think that what was really positive that was happening was that they were wrestling with things that they maybe had done. I almost called this book, I Know I'm a Good Guy, but because oh, so many oh. guys would start, you know, would talk that way. I mean, a publisher wouldn't let me, of course, but right. um, had to be, you know, boys and sex and girls. Right. But I heard that so often. But the thing, the stories that they would tell after that, because, you know, we tend to think of assault too often as something only monsters do, right? right. You know, and if you assault, you must be a monster. But a good guy can do a bad thing. And mm-hmm. it's how you reckon with that that's important. And so they would be reckoning and sort of wrestling with like whether something they did had crossed the line in ways that I think five or ten years ago, maybe they wouldn't have even okay. thought to question. Yeah. Well, so that was kind of a positive. Yeah, oh we gosh. have to go. Oh, Peggy, it's always so good to we talk to you. We might have to have you back I on again. I love talking to you. Thank we, you. We have to have you back on again because there's a lot of Please people do. out there with boys and, and this book is so good and you could also, you know, we can talk about girls and sex too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you.